Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2023 in America. <laughs> My name is Amato, he, him, and with me are... Tori, they, them. And Della, she, her. Della, you want to do a take through that again so you can introduce yourself as Ultra Mega Chicken? No, I do not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I wasn't that much of a fan of it. Fair enough. <laughs> I did not watch Ultra Teen Hunger Force. I feel like I saw just a teensy bit and I was like, are, are these teens? None of them read as teens. That's a really good point. Like, doesn't the Fry character have a goatee? No, yeah. no, none of them are teens. It's just a bullshit thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fair. <laughs> I, I mean, it doesn't. I don't know. I barely remember that show. We don't need to talk about that. We're talking about something else. It, it confused me is all I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, a lot of animation from that time confused me. <laughs> like yeah. Super Jail. Yeah. Well, we're talking about other animation from that time, more or less, kind of. We're talking of. about comedy from that that's contemporary to that. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. And also apparently contemporary to now because Del, you just informed me this series is still going on. <laughs> still going strong? Question mark? Still going. I mean, stronger than some fanfics we've read. <laughs> right. But I mean, that's fine. You know, yeah. we, we've done that kind of thing before. We did we did Cattails. We did Sailor Moon 4200. All these things that just keep keep on going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they started a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Back in the cold, harsh light of... I mean, maybe the light was less harsh and cold. I don't know. Back in 2000, what, six? Six. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Was the light warmer then? It wasn't great. Um, <laughs> but I was yeah. going through some shit then, so I don't know. <laughs> it feels like... So this was... Well... First of all, we're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged. Yes. <laughs> yes. This... Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it came out in 2006, which was several, what, a few years after Yu-Gi-Oh! started? Oh, it was a while. Because, like, I watched it in middle school, I think. And 06 yeah. is, like, the year after I graduated high school. So Right. But in in terms of that, the span of years was not actually that long probably just felt long to us but definitely was a, like someone reflecting on it feels like someone reflecting on a show they probably watched when they were younger it does kind of feel that way mm-hmm. the Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters anime came out in the year 2000 oh okay was that the four kids version or is that the no that was the Japanese version yeah because this is specifically the four kids uh dub of that show right oh it's the four kids no wonder they have so much to make fun of <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah absolutely and the four kids wait what like what that i'm sorry um oh that's capsule monsters it's not the same thing okay four kids <laughs> had from 2001 because at first it was saying like Yu Gi Oh capsule monsters anime that's a separate anime in 2006 Oh. Okay, 2001. Okay. So it, it came to the U.S. in fairly short order, the mm-hmm. the four kids dub of the anime. That's pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. As things go. I mean, they, you know, when something's a really big boom, sometimes it doesn't take them too long to bring it over from Japan. Well, that was the period where that started to be a thing. I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they started riding on the kind of coattails of like Pokemon. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Pokemon had started done, had done really well and established itself globally. And then they realized, hey, this is a mine. <laughs> yeah. We could, yeah. you know, scour for stuff. Product. They started having manga in bookstores, like probably I want to say a year or two before that, and like a whole manga section. Man, <laughs> it was starting to be like just this huge boom, and uh, you know, tsunami, yeah, stuff like that. Tsunami, of course. Um, though I'm not sure if Yu-Gi-Oh aired on tsunami. I think it was more of a Saturday morning. One. I I did not have cable. I watched all of Yu-Gi-Oh, so it was definitely not a cable show. All right, I think it was WB. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I watched a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! too. Um, so much so that in watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged, which I had also seen before, I was like, I do remember these plots <laughs> and these episodes. Okay. <laughs> I even remember some of this dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone actually played Duel Monsters or the Yu-Gi-Oh! card game? Not mm-hmm. on purpose. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I I had some cards when I was a kid, but I don't know if we ever played with them. I just looked at them. No, I didn't play the card games that I liked most of the time. It's hard to find people, <laughs> let alone... <laughs> Like the the Yu Gi Oh show was about like the idea of card games more than actual more more than like about card games specifically because mm. like they do shit in the in the anime like put a put put a monster on the back of a dragon turtle catapult to shoot a ring at the floating castle to deactivate the spell effect and like that's like cool anime shit but that's not card shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is if fair. there was a Magic the Gathering anime that took it the same approach, I would watch the hell out of it though. Mm. 
It's like, we're, I'm going to have my dragon light your forest on fire. <clears throat> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But the way a lot of the magic cards work, it wouldn't be that much of a stretch, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you could do a Yu-Gi-Oh! style show with Magic the Gathering really You could. Easily. And I mean, Magic's made some inroads in Japan. Like, I, I could see it happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now would probably be better. Well, I, I have very little Yu-Gi-Oh! exposure. I never watched the anime in the slightest. I watched Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series when it came out because, <laughs> like, as someone kind of into anime, that's what you did mm-hmm. in 2006. And I feel like I read the first parts of the manga at some point because everyone was like, early Yu-Gi-Oh! is really weird. And I was like, yeah. I want to read that. <laughs> and I read it and I was like, this is really this weird. This is really is weird. Really weird. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I read the first parts of the manga too because it came out in those Shonen Jump um, big collections that you would get, right? Yeah. Like a couple of those. Were they trying to make Shonen Jump a thing in the early 2000s? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, when I was re-watching some of Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series for this discussion, I was also like, wait, I don't remember when Bakuno was introduced. So I went back and read his story in like the, you know, towards the end of the original manga, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he it's this like tabletop RPG board game thing that he's introduced <laughs> with where he's all like, yeah, I love this game, but every time I play with my friends, they go into comas and you can come here <laughs> like, we'll play with you. <laughs> but but anyway, the, the point is just that like, it's Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh!'s approach to games in like a compelling manga way. It's like total bullshit, but it's oddly compelling. Mm. I think it's fair to say, yeah. It's like everything's so manifestly in order to create maximum drama. <laughs> yes. But like drama's fun mm-hmm. in a story. So like you can't hate it, I feel like. You could, but you don't in this instance, I think. Yeah. Maybe I don't. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't gone back to watch actual Yu-Gi-Oh, but like I remember liking it quite a bit as a kid, and those dramatic components do compel you, but mm-hmm. I think something that Yugo Abridged does well is point out that the drama is so manufactured. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I guess we should talk about, who's the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged? Little Karibo. Little Karibo. And I mean, I'm, the, I'm sure the guy has a name, but, yeah. but like in the context of Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged, it's just he's Little Karibo. Yeah, all right. And so that's all we need to call him. <laughs> he's okay. an actual person. I think he has a Twitch stream and Yada yada. We're talking about old fandom stuff. Right. <laughs> not a fake person. Not an AI. Super advanced AI design. Yeah. Actually, I guess he could be. We would have no way of knowing. Well, no, he spent a lot of time fight, fighting the, the YouTube algorithm, so I think he wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. Little Karibo. Mm-hmm. And I guess we have to lead into, I feel like there's a lot of things that are kind of praiseworthy or notable about Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. And it did not originate the basic idea of what it's doing, what it, what Yu-Gi-Oh! The original series is, is a parody fandom. And those have a long history in anime fandom. Right. Of like, parody fandoms, you dub over some anime, you show it generally at an anime convention on VHS because how the hell else would you distribute it to somebody? Right. Or like, how, how would anyone find out about it? There's like old works like Fast Food Freedom Fighters. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm fond of This is Otakudom, which is largely um, based on... on uh, Fushigi Yugi. Oh, means mercy, <laughs> mercy without. <laughs> <laughs> I know some of those lines just yeah. stick with me. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think that's an interesting point because, like, the reason why this is so unique in the place of the culture is because of its um, distribution method. I think so. Is that because one, it was a franchise a lot, a lot of people watched. Mm-hmm. That they had access to on TV. You didn't, you didn't need special tapes just to get the source material, and. Uh, relatively easy to produce, I think. Yeah. I mean, it must have been relatively easy because, like, he yeah. kind of cranked him out for a long time. Yeah, and, you know, to the point where you can distribute it where everyone can get it um, instantly and uh, weekly, uh, quote-unquote. <laughs> but Yeah, and it's, and it's serialized. I need to emphasize again that, like, they kept coming out and, you know, quantity kind of gets its own momentum regardless mm-hmm. of quality, right? If you, like, if you have an audience, you can just keep them if you just keep making stuff, which he did. Yeah. It does, apparently. Yeah, this was kind of that prime era of YouTube, too, <laughs> where, like, all of a sudden, YouTube was hosting a bunch of different types of videos, and people were getting aware of it, and... I don't know, like you could put up a bunch of things on there and people wouldn't pop you for copyright violation yet. Well, there is a lot of history of him fighting copyright violation on this. Mm-hmm. I was curious about that. Yeah, because um, I wonder where he got the source, because this is not like 
probably or maybe a torrent file that someone uploaded or something. That's all I can really imagine. It, it's available. Yeah, yeah. That, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In 2006, it was still kind of early days of torrenting, but you could definitely get... Actually, it was better for torrenting, too, because then when torrenting became more and more of an issue, they started putting like trackers and people would get... I think we got a letter in the mail <laughs> one time to my family's house when I was like a teenager um or in college or something that was like we flagged you for downloading this movie please don't do that (laughs) (laughs) think of all the effort that went into sending you a letter saying please don't you wouldn't download a car would you you wouldn't download a pokemon (laughs) but um i would download i would or a car (laughs) yeah uh look pokemon are data that can be stored on a computer so i don't know what we're talking about here yeah so there's been a lot of battle uh, with copyrights and it, it's not exactly in the clear even today if you look at the the playlist at least when we recorded last there's like three episodes that aren't on there that, that were off youtube because of a copyright strike yeah but one of them because it had like the friends intro theme song mm. the friends intro yeah look i'm no i'm no copyright <laughs> lawyer or fair use lawyer what kind of lawyer are you uh, <laughs> i'm a fan fiction lawyer <laughs> wow i wish uh, that was a real job i'd watch that show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But wait, um, wait, did we just create our own spinoff series? I mean, fan fiction lawyer, like fiction lawyer. I'm going to write it down. <laughs> it'd be like a, like a Phoenix, right? Type attorney thing. Like, well, it's, or it's just like we, we have like a something about fan fiction. Someone's like for and against and someone's like fighting for it. Mm-hmm. I was going to write that. Oh, we, we, we all keep talking. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's just like Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series is manifestly parody in every sense. But I can also see how... Like, one could almost make the argument that watching it renders watching the original unnecessary because he it's he covers the plot points reasonably thoroughly. Well, it's true. If you're watching the the anime for the the story and for what happens and who wins what duels, then yeah, completely unnecessary. Right. And look, why else would one watch Yu-Gi-Oh! except for the deep lore (laughs) and the compelling (laughs) plot lines involving who wins at card games? Oh, man. I mean, I think that is why people watch Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Because, like, I was thinking about this. Okay, obviously, I've seen Yu-Gi-Oh before, so I'm not necessarily Target. But, like, watching Abridged, I was like, well, I don't need to rewatch Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's that's at least a thing, that I, you wouldn't rewatch it because you have this summary that's like, pretty thorough. I'd argue that you're the exact Target for this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just meant like in terms of that conversation of would someone watch Yu-Gi-Oh! initially if mm. they had access to this? I'm not sure. Della, do you know if it's a one per one episode correspondence between oh. Yu-Gi-Oh! and Abridged oh, and original? Not, oh, no. Not no. At all. Oh, not at all? There's no. several episodes. Yu-Gi-Oh! pacing is awful. Right. Yeah. There's well, some duels that span several episodes. And like for this, they'll condense into one 10-minute episode. Okay, that was my impression because I knew that's the case with Dragon Ball Abridged, too. Yeah. Because like... Part of the reason that, like, an abridged series, like, you know, it's right there in the name, is because those anime series are screaming out to be way, way shorter. And so, like, that's part of the service being provided, (laughs) right, by, like, these, by these abridged series. Yeah, and hence the name abridged. I mean, obviously, the episodes are also much shorter than an episode of Mm -hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh!, but, like, also a lot of them, yeah, they just really just throw all of that stuff together and like we're gonna skip all of the we're just gonna cut to the end of the duel basically yeah and since you touched on a little bit dragon ball z abridged this started um yugioh the bridge was one of the first abridged series that really caught off that went off in in the uh the mainstream which started the uh trend of creating online abridged series you're saying it wasn't the first one i just assumed it was i assumed it was but i i'll with most things like that, I always assume there's somebody else out there that wasn't as famous. That, <laughs> that is also a good assumption. Yeah. But yeah, after that, you know, we, Dragon Ball Z abridged was really big. Yeah. Naruto abridged. They, they talk about it in mm. Yu-Gi-Oh abridged. Yeah. I, I remember that time period because yeah. like they tried Naruto abridged and that was not good. And about 2008, um, Team Four Star started um, DBZ abridged. Mm-hmm. And Team Four Star are still a force um, in the internet community like today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's like one joke. 
at least one instance of a joke in Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged where they're like, now this joke you will see reappearing in DBC Abridged or Naruto Abridged. I forget which yeah. one they were picking I think they're making on, fun of Naruto Abridged more. It's Naruto, they, they make yeah. fun of Mar- Naruto Abridged. They reference DBC Abridged. They even have Team Four Star on for like a season to do to voice bad guys. Mm. And they have mm. Takahata 101, who's one of the people in Team Four Star as a as the main villain in like the latter half mm. of, of last 40 episodes of, of like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series. That's cool. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't get that far. I only got to like episode 40 before I was like, I can't watch this anymore because there's something about watching it in sequence Mm -hmm. where it becomes really repetitive. Sure. It's like, it's not even the fact that there are some like transmisogynistic and generally misogynistic jokes. Yeah, let's put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. (laughs) (laughs) He has apologized for. Yeah. um, But it's like, there were other things that should be apologized for. <laughs> we can, yeah, let's put a pin in it. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Well, where do we want to start in discussing this as an actual work of fan fiction? First off, any any problems with me calling it fan fiction? Uh, fan works. Fan works. Fair enough. Yeah, I think fan works is our catch all for broader terms. Fan fiction, I think, is yeah, specific. yeah, that's very text. You're right. Yeah, but but I mean, no, it doesn't have to be text. I would argue because movies are fiction you know well they're fiction but i would right but fan fiction a term generally it's the associations but if there was a movie you'd call it fan movie you wouldn't call it fan fiction i would put it under the umbrella of fan fiction just like i would put like fiction movies under the umbrella of fiction yeah we can talk about that (laughs) later i guess it's a transformative work Mm -hmm. we can move on but yeah no my main point (laughs) was that i'm not sure if it falls under fiction in the sense that i mean it's fiction but Mm -hmm. in the sense that like it's not the narrative is not created by mm. the author. But things are reinterpreted and, and skewed. They are. Yeah. yeah. They, it's things happen, but the reasons that they happen are stated differently. Yes. That sort of thing. It's an audiovisual transformative fiction. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Can we make that more pretentious? We could. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in us. <laughs> is fan created audio video? Never mind. <laughs> A multi-user shared yeah. hallucination. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're having right now? That's a pretty good one if it is. <laughs> I feel like it. <laughs> All right. So the question is, where do you want to start with talking about it? Should we um, explain the premise if you haven't seen it? I mean, I don't think we have to. No. But like, we can talk about different arcs and stuff. Yeah. Different arcs, different kinds of humor or something, I suppose. Yeah. The main arcs follow the... Um, more or less the plots of the Yu-Gi-Oh arcs. You have Duelist Kingdom first, and then Battle City, and then there's a little interlude of Battle City with this weird filler with the tower, and then back to <laughs> Merrick stuff. And I'm guessing that that's where y'all watched up to the most, to Merrick. Yeah, Merrick was... A, I mean, I wasn't... Oh. I was kind of hopping around, so I didn't get every episode in the yeah. first part, but um, there was a lot of talk about Steve's and Binky Boys where I started. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. 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 No, Merrick was around for a while, like possessing people and yeah. doing stuff. Um, But I don't. Yeah, I didn't make it to the conclusion. And, you know, his sister shows up and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, you get yeah. the backstory behind their whole dealio. But I didn't make it to the conclusion yeah. of that. And then after that, you had the um, Atlanteans with the seal of Orichalcos. And then they just finished up that plot, that, that arc. And they just started the last, uh, the, the next uh, filler arc oh, with their episode they released. Uh, 11 months ago as of recording. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, there was like a really big duel between Yugi or the Pharaoh or, yeah, and Merrick that I saw. But I don't know if that was the conclusion of that plot. Well, is there not. any po- part of the Yu-Gi-Oh plot we want to talk about? The Yu-Gi-Oh plot. <laughs> I mean, it I've got to say, it, yeah, it does. No, no, I, I understand. I just mean like, where do you start with the Yu-Gi-Oh plot? Mm. Like, um... Someone else go. Actually, in, I feel in, like uh, <laughs> in ancient Egypt. No, no you go ahead. Uh, <laughs> oh, someone needs to read out that like scroll from the dub. I don't remember <laughs> how it goes though. But yeah, you know it's funny because there's a point in the series where you. I feel like it does have a plot, but most of the plot is dueling. Mm-hmm. However, more of what it has is lore, right? Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of lore. Um, but the funny thing is, there's a point like I don't know in the. I don't even know where in the arc it's around. What is it called? Battle City? Is that? That's one of the arcs. The second one. one? Yeah. Second one. In the arc after that, I think you get a big lore drop, but it's like the same stuff that you had. I mean, it's more than, but a lot of it is revealed like, 
oh, hey, these cards are ancient and created, you know, with the, magic. The Egyptian and, god cards. Yeah. yeah and, and Pegasus <laughs> just copied them from these ancient tablets. And yeah. you're like, but we knew that from like the opening scroll. <laughs> Is that just the opening scroll of the English dub, though, I would assume? Uh, I don't like, know. Like Sailor Moon did the same thing, if I remember right. It's like, here's the premise. And it's like, you're not supposed to find that out for 40 episodes. Thanks. That's a good it, it, it might be, but it's kind of irrelevant anyway, either yeah. way. So they have an overarching story about who we haven't even talked about. So, <laughs> so the main character, Yugi, gets a magic puzzle. Puts a puzzle together, gets possessed by a spirit. Right. That spirit is an ancient Egyptian pharaoh who d did magic and shit. Right. That magic and shit involved monsters that is represented today with the trading card game Duel Monsters. Yes. The pharaoh spirit doesn't remember who they are mm -hmm. at all. And the rest of the main Yugi art kind of re revolves around who this pharaoh is, what do they remember, are they actually good or bad or evil? And and the appearance of other ancient Egyptian spirits that are possessing other people, and, and all of them, evil. and they yeah. all, and they're all usually evil, and they they have supernatural powers, including the mostly shared power to raise the stakes of a game <laughs> to ridiculous levels, yes. and make it a shadow game where then someone's oh. going to die or something. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yes, yeah. so Dual Monsters is a card game created based on these ancient Egyptian tablets, like we talked about. And then distributed by this like super wealthy guy named Pegasus, who I I guess once went on an exhibition and found <laughs> them. I don't know, but it's played via holograms, um, which I think were developed by Kaiba Corporation, mm -hmm. which right. the other antagonist sla <laughs> slash antihero later yeah, yeah. on Kaiba love interest. Um, maybe <laughs> I don't know. I it's the Resident Evil Oak, yeah. <laughs> um, Smell you later. <laughs> He's created this technology where you can play giant stadiums with holograms. So, it, like, it's basically a sport, right. um, except the shadow games make it so that your soul can be dragged to the shadow realm. And that's only something that these people with these possessed by these ancient Egyptian spirits can do. Yeah, including the pharaoh. Oh, it's called Yami for short. Moving on. They call him Yabi at the dub, but it's not. That's, they don't, they don't yeah. explain it, I think. It's, it's <laughs> not correct. Well, that's, that's so great. It's, because they also don't really explain how Yu Gi Oh! is like a pun for King of Games. Right. They, they just say the phrase Yu-Gi-Oh! and the phrase King of Games, and they don't... <laughs> There's several confusing points in terms of that, because I also remember being confused about the fact that, like, apparently, when you when you flash back, you see um, Kaiba and Yu-Gi... Well, people who look like Kaiba and Yugi. Mm -hmm. And then you realize, oh, not only is Yugi a reincarnation of the Pharaoh, and that's why they look exactly the same mm -hmm. in the past. He's also being possessed by a spirit, which right. is not the case for a lot of other characters. Right. They're being possessed by different spirits from their items. Yeah, there, there, there's some, you know, the mummy shit going on. And Kaiba <laughs> does not have a Millennium item, so he's not being possessed by his, a spirit no, either. He's just he's reincarnated. Just the reincarnated. There's yeah. various, so, various there's ways like, souls can make it to the present yeah. day. Okay. And Yugi just happens to be both somehow, which I don't know if we ever get the reason for that. But by the way, this hasn't come up yet, but you might know me as merely a like competent podcaster. Mm -hmm. But if the stakes ever got really down, it's possible that the other me might appear, <laughs> a sort of you know dark Amato, if you will, and be very very good at podcasting. Indeed, would your voice get even lower somehow and cooler? <laughs> I assume so. The, the, the problem is. <laughs> The thing is, there's never been any stakes for our podcasting, so it's all pretty academic. That's you what you what? think. <laughs> I just realized that Yu-Gi-Oh! is aspirational because you see this, like, short, little squeaky voice kid get really tall. Get much Well, he actually doesn't get that tall. He gets much taller. He gets taller. A little, little short. <laughs> yeah. But he gets much taller, and he, his voice goes like this. Little Kribo makes that joke when he transforms into his other self. It's like, power of puberty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. Oh, and his eyes get more slanty. Right, right. Yeah, they get drawn differently. Yeah. <laughs> so more like narrowed, more like cool anime eyes than yeah. like the big wide bug eyes that he normally has. So in this abridged series, there's various avenues of humor. Mm -hmm. And I feel like one of the main things is um this this abridged series is clearly done by somebody who is intimately familiar with Yu-Gi-Oh, understands every way in which it's ludicrous and dumb, and is lovingly pointing that out all the time. N not just 
yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! this anime, but Yu-Gi-Oh! And the, the, the Japanese around. anime, right. the card game, any video games based off of etc. The depth of knowledge is pretty impressive. I mean, not that it's like over one's head, but you end up with these layered jokes <laughs> involving knowing the Japanese version, knowing the English mm. version, knowing that, like, like you mentioned Yugi, like Yami, the character being named Yami. Mm -hmm. There's a joke that made me laugh out loud where like, they've been very clear that like, the character's name is not supposed to be Yami mm -hmm. because that it, he's yeah. just like the other Yugi. They don't know what his name is for they, forever. They just yeah. call him the Pharaoh. And so yeah. I feel like there's like a, a subtle touch sometimes to the humor that's that really strikes my funny bone. Like one at one point where the Pharaoh swears to do something or my name isn't Yami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, and it isn't. <laughs> yeah. But, but but like at that moment, yeah. 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 And also like um fandom uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Fandom jokes, right? Or like, uh, minutia about the card game. Later on, in one of the later episodes, uh, they're having a duel on the guys. Like, I send the monster to my graveyard, and Yami's like, "Gy, what? Gy? That's the abbreviation now. Saves on time." <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, all the cards had changed the word graveyard to Gy. I see. And the rest of the episode, whenever he said graveyard, Yami corrected him, Gy. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And there are really good um, instances of these jokes. Yeah. And there are some really good running jokes. Mm -hmm. But like I mentioned, they get a little tiring as you kind of binge it. And yeah. maybe if you didn't binge it, it wouldn't be quite like that. I think a lot of those are more in the latter episodes as they move away from the bad humor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they have to get a little bit smarter. This is true. Though there is also still a running joke that Bakura's um, Millennium Item, which is a ring that has like these, these little um, pendants hanging from it. And mm -hmm. whenever it's like it senses the presence of another Millennium Item, it like it goes up and the pendants point in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. And the joke is that it's his gate. <laughs> and, and like it it's, is funny. It's funny. <laughs> it is funny some of the time. But that's well, another one that gets done to death. And yeah. then there's a certain point at which it becomes unfunny mm -hmm. because... Bakura's appearance is also made fun of and his like sort of being effeminate seeming. Yeah. And there's a several times where like he has to be, but I'm not gay. And like, yeah, sure. Yeah. It would be funnier if those pieces were not tied into I, the joke. I, I feel like the way that we, the way that joke works originally is that all of the millennium spirits are such over the, t <laughs> the top camp characters. Yeah. Right. That you're just like, yeah, sure. Well, I think originally it was funny because it was pointing towards Pegasus. Oh, right, right. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that too, but I mean... But yeah, and, and it was talking about avenues of humor. First one is about Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm -hmm. and like the, the fandom. And this is the other one. It was like crude internet humor that was mm -hmm. there sure at enough. the time. Yep. As someone who was on 4chan at that point, time, the internet is... This is relatively tame and that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> it is relatively tame. I mean, and, and sometimes it's not to its benefit. It's like, let's say Rex and Weevil. They're Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. That's... Mm -hmm mildly amusing i guess but it's, it's not funny. really a joke it, it was funny the first time That's you saw it, it. yeah, yeah. and then they just the remain time, yeah. beavis and butthead mm -hmm. every time they show up yeah and yeah. you're like okay later on in avenue of humor is um self-referential -re to the series mm, right. talk about how hey this isn't funny nobody even knows who beavis and butthead are anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's why nobody takes us seriously as villains <laughs> right but that's at the point where they've like the episodes that have come out in the past five years, let's mm -hmm. say, instead of 10 or 15 years ago. Oh, so you're talking about new fan works that do not deserve to be discussed. It's the same fan work, Amato. <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine. We'll, we'll accept it. <laughs> the court will allow it. Continue. We're going to have to throw your, your, your Sailor Moon 42, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Where they, they realized after, you know, going so long and being like a different producer author or something that what they did before was kind of shitty and like calling mm -hmm. back and calling jokes on it and having like the jokes of the fandom about it and i derailed myself so hard i forgot what i was talking about i'm gonna keep going yeah. i don't know <laughs> it does seem like the kind of humor that in terms of effectiveness is probably like um diminishing returns yeah like you can't just keep going with that and have it continue to be as funny as some of the things were. Yeah. And in that case, you'd move it forward by going back to the plot of the episode or the season and moving forward and then yeah. having that be a vehicle for new jokes and then callbacks to old jokes. Yeah. Callbacks, uh, running jokes can be funny if, you know, they're, I guess, done 
the right way, if there's something that changes about them and callbacks, I think are always funny. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when it becomes <laughs> the running joke, it's like it just becomes too much. And well, that maybe, you know, one of my biggest complaints is just they it feels stale after certain jokes feel stale after a while. Yeah. But like the, the longevity of this project makes for callbacks that are insanely like really long brick jokes. Uh-huh. <laughs> True. Like for the last episode that came out last uh, like 11 months ago, episode 80, 83, like Joey's like one round through a jungle gets caught by a bunch of bats and bats are swarming about him. It's like, okay. ah, I'm being swarmed by all these gay people. <laughs> and it's like, you still can't tell the difference. I, I don't remember what that original... Because earlier when they were oh, looking around with a gator, they're looking for gay people and Joey says, oh yeah, gay people, they, they hang from the ceiling, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, I no, Joey, saw that one. no, Joey, those are bats. Bats, gay people, same thing. <laughs> 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 and so the bats gave him yeah an opportunity to bring that back like yeah. 50 episodes yeah. 15 later 15 years later right that's what they said 15 years and still can't still can't tell the difference <laughs> yeah yeah that's good um, <laughs> there's also like another good callback was like uh bakra first showing up being accused of accused of <laughs> someone tells him you know he's like you must be gay or something you know he says i'm not gay i'm just british right. <laughs> and then later on in like several episodes later he's yeah. like I'm not British. I'm just gay. <laughs> uh huh. Which so, I, I think is funny because little little Karibo is British. Oh, so th I that's didn't even know that. That's reference to his accent interacting with the online community. <laughs> that's hilarious. The, yeah. These people like little Karibo and what's his name from Homestar Runner, who just like produce a stable of voices. I mean, not that little Karibo's voices are, I feel like, quite as wide a range. But even so, I, I don't know. I'm just impressed by some of these voice actors. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. well the longevity and the consistency is good. Mm hmm. Different types of voices. There's like three or four voices. I I did consider trying to do the intro in Joey's bad Brooklyn accent. But like I couldn't even do a good enough bad Brooklyn accent to try it. I want that. <laughs> I want that to exist. All, all I can really do is a yeah yeah Brooklyn rage. Yeah, that's his. Yeah, it's something that's his catchphrase. Of, you get British Brooklyn. Rage. Uh, yeah, and one one of the early jokes is about Tristan's voice. Oh yeah, well oh, yeah. that's a, about his a voice running thing. Yeah, after yeah. changing, I guess. Well, first of all, it's about how he sounds like Barty, which is so real to the show. Like <laughs> for, for for the first few episodes of the dub, that the Tristan voice was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then his voice actor change it or i don't know if his, his voice actor changed did they change the voice or something so, or they whatever. changed the way they were doing the voice and then in, in the abridged they use monster reborn to bring back joey's old vo original voice <laughs> tristan's old, so, yeah, old yeah. voice so, so they have the the barney voice for the rest of this series period because they just thought it was funnier and it was it was they fairly frequently do those jokes where like someone plays a car that does something extremely <laughs> meta and i mean that led to one of my favorite like just i don't know one of the jokes that hit me hardest where with Joey's later duel against Bandit Keith. Mm -hmm. Bandit Keith is like the guy, you know, wearing an American flag bandana <laughs> and mm -hmm. his catchphrase is in America, which I quoted earlier. Yeah. So, and Joey like does a card, lets him copy something. And he says it lets him copy Bandit Keith's catchphrase. And he starts ending his things in America. <laughs> and then Bandit Keith has that line. You're not American. You don't even have a flag on your head. <laughs> yeah. And, referencing the character design of referencing like, the character design and sometimes those like visual nods are like the, the best jokes where like they're talking about what is happening what appears they're the very they're very mystery science theater 3000 jokes that's what I'm thinking of because <laughs> yeah. MST3K would often do that it wouldn't be a joke about what's actually happening it would be about the way that's being presented on screen mm -hmm. and like they would just say something silly that kind of matches what a character is doing. Yeah. And sometimes they've got humor like that, which I very much appreciate. Yeah. They'd also do some minor editing or some like holding frames to make like a different action happen and change change what's going on with the dub to make a funny situation. Right. <laughs> which was good, good humor when it happened. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, and I don't know. This isn't really quite an extension of that. But I guess another thing they're doing is is just kind of observational humor i mean i guess but about less about you know more about what's what is actually happening like um and that happens a lot like um well the one ongoing joke that actually remains funny to me is when um every time the stakes are really high they say in a chill in, in this children's card game right, right. beat I, me in this children's <laughs> card game i, I love or that too i yeah. will steal your soul beat me in this children's card game or i will 
yeah, I don't know. I know exactly what you mean. I, I do really <laughs> love it when they're describing exactly what's happening in the actual Yu-Gi-Oh plot, but they're just replacing the phrase dual monsters with children's <laughs> card games. Right. Just right. to like ham- emphasize the ridiculousness yeah. of this entire concept. Or, there'll be an odd oh. uh, plot point that doesn't make sense. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Now get out of the way so we can solve this with the children's card game. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's one point where these guys really want to steal one of Joey's cards. So three guys in cloaks gang up on him in an alley. And, right. and, and then they duel. And this is obviously like <laughs> not the only instance of this. But yeah. the, the funniest part of this situation is they duel mm-hmm. and Joey wins. And then they just beat him up and take his car. <laughs> and I'm you just sorry, like, that's... You, don't, you don't even need to that's right, you that's just funny. need to point that out. You just need to point that out. And that's what they did. So <laughs> I guess this is another element of it because the four kids dub takes out all guns. <laughs> so you just have people pointing their fingers everywhere. Lots of jokes in this and dub about invisible cut. guns. Yeah. Yes, right. Stop or I'll shoot you with my invisible gun. <laughs> and that's another element. They take out all of the instances of people getting punched. Mm-hmm. So you do like definitely it benefits for the, you know, the gap to be filled in, mm-hmm. right? Because you, as an adult, you're watching, you're like, you know what was supposed to happen. Maybe as a kid, you didn't know that that was an invisible gun or that someone was supposed to be beaten up. I had no idea. an awkward yeah. cut <laughs> where, like, all of a sudden he falls down and they run away with his cards. So that's also just a really good source of humor is just pointing that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, another avenue of humor they had was, like, they'd be having the the abridged dialogue going on. Then all of a sudden there'll be subtitles on the screen that, that says actual four kids dialogue. And they'll just read, like a, like, a line from the dub. Then, um, you know, iterate on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We're like, they're, they're worried about having to go to the bathroom and Tristan goes like, in a few hours, the sun will rise. And then the, with the caption, actual four kids dialogue. <laughs> oh, you know what though? <laughs> that, that actually did make, that lie did make sense. I understand what they did. It made <laughs> sense, but they were, t- oh I don't remember what the explanation was, but I went were there back vampires like, around or something. No, no they were on a, the actual episode, they were stowing away on a boat. Was, Okay. And they were in a cargo place, and one of them said, I had to pee, and the other said, Don't worry, in a few hours the sun will rise. Yeah, I mean, it feels like really <laughs> out of context, but. Um... Well, th- th- that's also funny because like, th- they reference that throughout the rest of the s- series, too. Something weird happens, like, Oh no, we're in danger. Don't worry, in another few hours the sun will rise. <laughs> <laughs> So I feel like that's what we're saying is that's why the series can have gone on as long is because there's they're kind of coming at these jokes from a bunch of different angles. Yeah. And it's not just one kind of humor. And some of them work better than others or hold up in the cold harsh light of 2023 mm. better than others. You know, what doesn't hold up in cold harsh light of 2023, another avenue of humor they had was just um, uh, character parodies mm. where there'd be a, a character in fiction or something else. So they would just insert as a character in in um th- this abridged up uh like borat like borat yeah no i, I hear i hear ya it's like yeah. that that's funny for half a moment just because of the discrepancy between what you're seeing on screen where like it's this dramatic you know pan up to reveal this important new character and then he opens mm-hmm. his mouth but then they're stuck with him repeatedly yeah. it doesn't yeah. last as a joke that lasts longer than that you know and for for this character that that comes back and has a lot of lore dumps yeah. doesn't make sense it's yeah. true. Yeah. And what's the same thing with uh, Rex and Weevil? Weevil. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. 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 That. Yeah. We talked about yeah. them. That's, being that's right. We talked yeah. About that. I'm just saying that, yeah, it's an ongoing thing where, yeah, they just they don't let go of a joke that they could have easily let go of. Um, I do also want to yeah. point out one other thing, though, like every so often, it's like just like in Mystery Science Theater, it's like they couldn't really figure out exactly what to do so they just go a really random direction there's one episode where <laughs> mokuba is going through japanese puberty right which means he thinks he's a pokemon right so every time he opens his mouth he says like bulbasaur or squirtle it's in mokuba mokuba yeah and it is really funny it's just like completely out of left field like you don't even know how they I, came up with that i think they shine best in these little short moments of comedy it's right. kind of interesting that they never bring that back that was one episode well and then the other thing i really like is when they have like their outro stuff that they'll have like a like a scene of the anime like dubbed over with like a line Another from a movie or movie something yeah that, that were usually pretty smart well done one of the three things that stuck in my head forever was doing the fresh prince of bel-air opening for <laughs> some reason for one of those episodes <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I'd like to take a moment, just sit down, James. I'll tell you how I became the undisputed king of card games. <laughs> it was good. 
But they do something like that. Well, in the because like the last one that came out was eighty three, and like eighty episode eighty two, they did a whole parody of the the Greatest Showman as a song. <laughs> mm, definitely haven't seen that one. No, I haven't seen it, but I've seen the the internet parody a lot, so I was able to recognize that. <laughs> well, and the fact that like yeah, they they sang it as a song as Mokuba and Sato Kaiba. <laughs> So do we, do we want to come back to um, transphobic, especially, and some other, you know, okay, less aged well jokes, or should we just say that they're there? They they are there. There's a couple things I want to say, and the first is that the author has apologized mm-hmm. on their page for um, misogyny and homophobia and transphobia. Well, but, can we just read it? Read out. But they, well, yeah, sure. if you like, yeah. Yeah, because so I they have not apologized for the racist or anti-Semitic jokes. Mm-hmm. Which, right. Well, I I can well, almost understand they're, they're that. Them, but, yeah, because you're supposed to be laughing at the Borat character for being like for being anti-Semitic. But like when you, when I'm thinking of like that episode with like the digital world that Kaiba made as some kind of yeah, training right. thing with like Mokuba there, the joke is not that you're laughing at the characters being transphobic. That is not what's happening. Yeah, they, oh, they, like, oh yeah, they, they no, missed no, no. it. Like a problem of like with like Borat specifically, anything with Sasha Baron Cohen is like he does like it seems dumb, but it's really like Camille Del Arte with like reflection of, of the of the fool where right. he does stupid things get people to agree with them and then that's the comedy absolutely he's interacting with people who don't know that he's putting on a role yeah and therefore their massive uncomfortableness but going along with this stuff that is clearly wrong yeah is like you're wincing in like shared shame and embarrassment with those people yeah so when you just do the borat that's just the character without the interaction of the people around yeah, 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 then yeah. then you're just left with the racism you're right that, that <laughs> is true just performing that racism is true. <clears throat> Uh, note, this video may contain transphobic, homophobic, sexist, or other types of humor or dialogue that no, that no longer represents how I, the creator of this video, wish to present my works. At the time, I thought of it as, uh, quotes, harmless jokes, but it, it is clear the damage that has been done by such dismissive and toxic writing on my, on my part. I apologize for it, as there's no real excuse for using it. Yeah. Yeah. That seems fair. And it's a good apology, and actually they do say and others so maybe they were just trying to make an umbrella statement I understand it's not possible to maybe go through everything that you or maybe just doesn't make a lot of sense to go through everything specifically but right. i did find it interesting they did not bring up the racism or anti-semitism mm-hmm. i mean it's not it, it's not as prominent i guess uh, it's, it's not as it's often. pretty yeah. prominent. No, it's prominent yeah <laughs> um, i don't know yeah they should have at least brought yeah they should have brought that up um is what I think. Yeah. I, I know it seems like they're trying. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's complicated, though, because it's like, you know, do you correct this? Do you take this piece of media down and change it because you realize something was wrong with it? Or do you leave it as is? And I, I don't know the answer to that. I I don't think there's one answer to that, but I think it's fair the way he addressed it. It's like, yes. yeah, I... I feel the same way where like not that anyone read my internet humor like my old MSTings but I mm. I want to punch myself in the face half the time reading them <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean I would put them in a box if people you know I don't know yeah. I don't know yeah no I I think the solution they have here which is just like informed consumption yeah. is a okay way to go about it yeah for sure yeah and true. I think that's more than like the other you know the other bridge series is Dragon Ball Z a bridge Sailor Moon a bridge they did similar things I don't know if they ever like went back and acknowledged it either I wonder if they went as far though because the the homophobia in transmisogyny and transphobia in this got pretty bad a lot, a lot of points mm-hmm. it was yeah. it was rough to watch for me for a lot <laughs> yeah. it was weird because like I haven't seen it in like five or ten years or something and I, I don't remember it being that hard to watch and watching through this time it was like oof. <laughs> yeah well it's funny because yeah i think you can definitely like some of the jokes start out in such a harmless way like bakra having a gaydar but then <laughs> i mean i guess i already said like it kind of turns sour when there's all this like kind of almost negative talk about him the characters potentially being yeah. gay and the same thing with mokuba appears as a you know just a princess, like a child princess. And the reaction. Yeah, that, that, that's the one where I was watching. I was like, yeah. oh, geez. Yeah, well, they, they referenced self-harm in, because of that and stuff. And it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's this joke where it was like, 
you censored the invisible, you censored the guns, but you didn't censor this. And like, that could be funny if you took it from the lens of like, yes, that is something that they would have censored. These people would have yeah, censored. Yeah. But it doesn't really but feel that's not like how it's it. read. Yeah, it's not it, how it's read. In fact, at the very end of the episode, they said this image showing Mokuba just literally not not sexualized or anything, just literally as in a dress, Mokuba right. in a dress. Uh, this image will appear in your nightmares. Yeah. And you're like, that is so weird. I, like, because it's I mean, still, not wrong, it's just but, a child. <laughs> but for different reasons. <laughs> child wearing a dress. Yeah, like, I, I mean, what, what? let me go on record saying Mokuba looks fine in a dress. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. Yeah. All right. And so, like, I'm not, if it wasn't for the nostalgia, I'm not sure I would have made it through more than four episodes of this or something. That's fair. Well, I, I don't know that I would say to someone who is not, is not going back to it nostalgically, like, oh man, you got to see this. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe if you're, if for some reason you're a late blooming Yu Gi Oh nerd and like would really appreciate the Yu Gi Oh specific humor, but like, mm-hmm. it's, it's mid. 20 aughts internet humor that like maybe does not I mean for that you can watch clips I think you don't have to watch the whole thing <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah actually yeah. it was like really when I started watching it like the first 10 episodes I, I before things started to go like a little bit south for mm-hmm. me I was like oh man I remember Yu-Gi-Oh this is fun this is funny I like what they're pointing yeah. out and something like oh the, the, this was just how it was back then this is sign of the times it, yeah it wasn't that ba- oof <laughs> yeah, and then, and then it kind of hits you, yeah. Yeah, um, in, like, unexpected ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely don't think you need to, like, binge 40 episodes of it the way yeah, that I did. Yeah, so, yeah, if you're... I, mean, I was working on art at the same time. I wasn't, like, you know... Yeah. I didn't just sit there watching 40 episodes of this. I just want to put that so out. So, I think, sure, I think sure, if sure. you're even, I you. even sort of, like, vaguely sensitive to these sort of things and don't enjoy watching that, don't watch this. Yeah, give it a miss. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... Like watching it, there's some point where like, because this isn't like a targeted homophobia where that wasn't like their agenda. That was like they were picking up the culture at the time and using that. Right. So when that happens, sometimes like it goes so far over that it becomes like so like funny again to like something where a gay friend group would say to each other (laughs) kind of homophobia. (laughs) This like a queer person wrote it Mm -hmm. that it's funny, but I know the author is yeah. Weird, well, it, so. just just like some lines that I might use in my day to day life. Maybe they are. Like, I it, guess it, there's no real way to know. Anyway, we're, we're like they're they're trying to convince uh, Yami that he, that the guy was Seto's ghost or something. Response is just like, if you're a ghost and I'm straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I'm like taking that. <laughs> I'm, like pointing out how the characters seem queer and campy. That's, that's a good way to put it, Avado. It's like just. Yeah, but, yeah, that's yeah. great. I it, think that's totally fine. Even a straight person can be like, "Yes, these characters are queer camp yeah. personified." And I, I mentioned, and I mentioned before, problem. like the whole bats, gay people, same thing. And like, I can, I can see my t- Twitter feed saying this, yeah. <laughs> my Tumblr feed saying this at some point. Well, that's more a joke at Joey's expense, <laughs> right? Just yeah, her being dumb, which is a a running thing about Joey. Just well, I mean, being ignorant, I guess. Yeah, was a good word for that. I think they, maybe not. Yeah, ignorant. <laughs> Cartoonishly weird. Yeah, I mean, uh, one one is continually amazed watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge that, like, oh, so Joey's one of the main characters. You're making Joey one of the main characters. Yeah, he still yeah. feels like a... We're supposed to consider you one of the main characters. Yeah, Joey always feels like an uplifted side character for me, like, the whole time. I mean, he literally watch. is. Yeah. But it's just strange that he's, he stays so prominent. I don't know. Well, you know, it's actually kind of interesting to think about Yugi's friend group because, like, Taya doesn't even really duel. Every so often she does. She knows how to. Um, I don't even know why Tristan's there. Neither does Tristan. (laughs) Does Tristan ever duel? He punches. Yeah. (laughs) His voice gives Uh, him super strength. Joey is at least a duelist. (laughs) Yeah. Not, like, as good as some of these top tier ones, obviously, but he's at least a duelist. (laughs) Yeah. I'm looking at my nose and there's just different jokes I liked. Oh yeah, no, I oh, totally yeah. understand. I got a lot. Of it's like something out of H.P. Lovecraft, only gay. <laughs> uh, oh, and like that one part where the, where the grandpa was saying blank, where someone mentioned a card, it's like that card. That's just one of the strongest cards of all dual monsters, and he kept on doing it for everything. <laughs> I mentioned like Jeff Goldblum and the Fly, and the, it was Jeff Goldblum. He's one of the strongest cards in all of dual monsters. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I do really appreciate the progression of the. 
the god card names where they keep the first one and they just say, wait, what's the first one? Not Exodia. Obelisk, the Tormentor, Slifer, the Executive Producer, and Ultra Mega Chicken. Except they, f- they forget for a few episodes, that, oh, then they talk about how they forgot. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I, I just like that humorous progression where it's like original name, name with like a weird change to kind of make it more meta and then just like totally random name especially since you look at them and you're like i don't even know what i'm looking at so like it might as well be ultra mega chicken why not that's a giant chicken why not right (laughs) like some kind of dragon who knows i mean because yeah like that's the thing is i i was for oh actually literally thought that for a little while i was like they're only making the executive producer clearly not real but the other two i buy it And like uh they also referenced like internet humor at the time where like they mentioned like their episodes came out slowly, but they came out quicker. They updated more than VG Cats. Right. <laughs> I remember VG Cats. Yeah. Oh man. And like some of the things I liked the most were things that they added in through editing and stuff. Like for a while <laughs> Tristan had uh like floating heads of Zach and Cody as in invisible friends. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that scene was actually great. That's um when Duke Devlin, who like in the show proper, mm-hmm. Tristan's clearly jealous of because he all the girls love him. Um, and every time Duke Devlin appears sexy back by Justin Timberlake <laughs> plays. And Joey or not Joey, sorry, Tristan is is um his yeah, his imaginary friends, Zach and Cody, comment <laughs> on him being cock blocked by Duke Devlin. Yeah. And it's just like they keep that up for for a few episodes too as a random joke that comes in and they all, they're always confused about which one's Zach and which one's Cody. Oh yeah, like literally <laughs> the floating heads of Zach and Cody don't know who they are. Yeah. Like, wait, but I'm Zach. And you're no wait, am I Cody? And am you're I? <laughs> you are. But when they did stuff like that, that that was fine. But that, that was the element they introduced themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's funny though because like I barely know what Zach and Cody is because I was babysitting when I was in high school. <laughs> That's the only reason I would even know that. Yeah. But I feel like if they, I don't know, I feel it feels like a weird pull, but yeah. I kind of get it. But like the jokes that hit the most were like this weird reference stuff like that, where like they had an episode where they had a bunch of footage of like Joey calling people on the phone and then changed it to uh, Joey calling to tell people about his cool Rattata. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a, I love it. Such a weird yeah. cut. It's such so a specific. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. Well, I mean, I know Youngster Joey is a meme, so like, it makes, yeah, it hangs together. But like, <laughs> that is, oh, that's just Joey calling about his Rattata again. Hey, pick up. <laughs> I mean, that's like similar to the Mokuba going through Japanese puberty. It's like you just wonder where the hell this comes. Well, from. Youngster, but I mean, that's even better because Youngster Joey was one of the people you could give your phone number to in Golden. Silver, mm-hmm. and then he would call you and tell you about, about a super cool rattan. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I guess you're right. It's got a source. Yeah, you're it's got, right. it's got, it's got the phone angle. It's yeah, got the phone yeah. angle to it, though. Is the thing. Yeah, like, it came from somewhere. Yeah, and also it's the, just, like it's there's so many people named Joey and like yeah yeah anyway yeah and there's also the random references like talking about how Tristan was the singing voice of Ru- Russell Crowe name is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a weird shot to take. There's some, yeah, there's just some really very specific holes. humor. It can be uh, great. Yeah. Yeah. And to finish out my notes, I just have the quote Is she a MILF? She kind of looks like Piccolo. Yeah, that's a MILF. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and to finish out my notes, um, in episode 39, the Pharaoh says, Hey, Yugi, did you notice anything weird about Bakura? And it cuts to a scene where Bakura is literally like tearing into a <laughs> steak with his teeth and like it actually has more frames than probably most of the other animation does because it's got yeah. this like wild animation where he's just like thrashing it around and then it just cuts back to <laughs> Pharaoh and Yugi talking in Yugi's mind. It's like, no, why do you ask? Because <laughs> they haven't realized that Bakura yeah. is possessed by yeah. an evil spirit. When, when, they, when they do cuts like that from taking stuff from different episodes and things and recontextualizing it's pretty fun. And anything visual mm-hmm. I, I definitely appreciate, yeah. Yeah, they did good visual gags. Um, okay, then, then for my last joke that I that I want to share then, <laughs> because we're going around in a circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode one, they have Kaiba have the line, you know, screw the rules, I have money. Mm-hmm. And much later on, they flash back to what I believe is the OVA version of that same story and um, where where he had green hair mm-hmm. instead. And 
And they give him the line, screw the rules, I have green hair. (laughs) They cut back to the present after the flashback. I think he's confused. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's all. Anyway, we should finish this up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but here, I feel really satisfied, though, because I feel like we've shared enough jokes for people so that they don't actually have to watch it if they feel like it might be triggering. Though, I do also want to say that, like, if you did watch Yu-Gi-Oh! back in the day and you feel like you can stomach some of the bad stuff, it's funny. It's I, funny. I think it's worth watching some of in that case. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't believe you watched all of it, like yeah, 80 I can't plus episodes and, and movies. I, I had to. I don't know why. <laughs> you, I had, had, you had to see this through. I wish I had, had a normal brain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall, like, I can, you know, I think he... The author had an innovative spin on this parody fandom thing, mm-hmm. which, which was influential for a reason. Yeah. And like, it's a labor of love and you can tell that. And it's a labor of love for the source material that he's trying to rip to pieces. And I can appreciate that too. Yeah. And and they really set the tone for um, a bridge series on the internet moving forward. Like that, that's right. like the, uh, the, the, the gold standard original. Absolutely. Format. Yeah. Like everything that's still that's still going on now, like uh, you have Sword Art Online or Bridge and stuff like that, and that still catches momentum, and people are are still doing this. Yeah, so it was influential. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and like most other influential, important, you know, cornerstone works of fiction, it's uncomfortable to, to actually experience. <laughs> well, I I feel like we could be asking what our favorite and least favorite things are, but doesn't it does it really come down to our favorite things are that parts of it are really funny and our least favorite things are that parts of it are not and sometimes actively like harmful harmful (laughs) i think we've literally been talking about our that's it i know that's kind of all we've been doing well it's because you know we could either we weren't really talking about we could either be talking about the plot of Yu-Gi-Oh, but this this thing is mostly like it's like like i'm gonna say and then ishtar shows up and she like explains the you know the plot (laughs) like Yeah. yeah there's no point in talking about the plot because it's not only are we a level divorced from the original series that had the plot. Yeah. But like, there's just no point in trying to explain the Yu-Gi-Oh plot anyway. Yeah, they even like uh, subvert it and put, yeah. it, put in their own plots for like some of the filler episodes where mm-hmm. they change like, oh, this evil board of the type of corporation to, oh, this is for kids entertainment trying to shut down the show. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's it. Mm-hmm. It's Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Series. Next episode, DBZ The Abridged Series. I don't, I don't uh, think so. I'm gonna need a I break. mean, look, I remember liking you go there. I remember liking Dragon Ball Z, the abridged series too. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if we need to talk about it though, because it's like you said this this series so much set the tone that it's so easy to just say, well, yeah, DBZ, the abridged series is like a slightly more polished Yu Gi Oh, the abridged series. Yeah, that's basically it. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, one could get down in the weeds about it, mm-hmm. but like it's the same kind of thing. Okay. Fair. I, I, I was just making a smart ass joke. <laughs> I mean, I don't well, know, stop making smart ass jokes. <laughs> and I should leave this podcast. <laughs> no, that's, that's why we need you. <laughs> All right, then. This was episode 155 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective Yu Gi Oh! The Abridged Series. And I do just want to point out we do still have more episodes than Yu Gi Oh! The Abridged Series. We got that going for us. I don't know. There's some like they do. Uh, Season zero dub, they have the movie dub, they have like uh mm. but our episodes are longer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so you're saying retro fanfic retrospective, the abridged series is <gasps> on the table? Oh my gosh. What would that be? That would be incomprehensible. <laughs> That'd be nothing. <laughs> it would have to be other people that us parodying our voices. Oh, uh, that sounds like something that would destroy me. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, no, strike that from the record. I don't want this in the universe. Just undo, undo, control Z. (laughs) Control Z. Well, speaking of things that are in the universe, you can find Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series still on YouTube. I'm going to point there. I think there's a website too. I can probably point to that too. Yeah, Little Karibo still has a playlist of all of it. Right. The intro song is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from that same album. And you can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. This podcast is edited by Della Rose right here. And, you know, try to resist the urge to edit us down to like a, you know, a abridged length. <laughs> People need to hear our thoughts on jokes. You haven't listened to an f- edited episode, have you? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because you don't actually edit the episodes, right? That, that's the secret. 
you just like put them on just flat audio, no changes. Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, you say anything to keep the talent happy, right? (laughs) (laughs) You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. And if you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, you can send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. That's really the big one. I mean, Twitter, retrofanfic, you can do that. Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, I guess. Do people use Facebook? They don't. They don't. We we get Mm -hmm. likes on the page every so often. Okay. On the yeah. non-existent page. I don't think they really Not, they send us page. messages, though. <laughs> no, I, no, I know we have a page. It's just that Facebook doesn't exist, is what I was getting at uh, anymore. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. I completely <laughs> forgot. I just... We can scratch that joke, too. <laughs> um, I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Della. <laughs> We're just three Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other in America. Until next time, take care. But what does Potagree do, Amato? <laughs> <laughs> do you draw cards or something, right? <laughs> We'll never know. (laughs) 